With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, hour three on a Friday. It's been a fun week, been a fun show as we welcome you in. The college football betting guy dropped yesterday. The resp- we haven't had a response to a guide like this, so I would encourage you to get in on the conversation. VSIN.com slash subscribe. Make sure you check it out. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetest. I got to tell the the shirt now. Many of you, maybe a preponderance of you are listening on the radio, but I will say that is my favorite Hawaiian shirt that you wear. Would you like to explain the colors and the scheme there? I love it. You know, it's a hot pink with like a lighter blue, but not like Carolina blue. And then this white and brown mixed in on another flower. My only regret about this shirt is they don't make the matching shorts to go with it. Because if they did, I'd be rocking that romper right now. <laughs> and you're, you're the guy I'd walk by one of the casinos and I'd go, does that guy not have a mirror at home? I, no, I, I think for some reason I do. I just think it's a great look. Um, I just as something a little off the tracks before we get into Wisconsin football, I wanted to bring this up because Amal, you and I are always talking about environment and where you live kind of creates the person you are. Sure. And when we're talking about college football, it, the SEC always gets a ton of shine. Dustin, you know that from living down there as well, where it just means more. I think that's their slogan, and there really is something to it. Uh, the Big Ten, because the Midwest, the weather, there's a different vibe there. When I moved out to California, I was shocked by how much people cared about USC football. But at the same time, you have options. You have different opportunities to get outside and do something. So regionally, where you live kind of – helps develop your character, helps develop the person you become. And I want to give you a great example. This will just take two minutes. I was driving with my father and we were headed to the airport and we just got into a conversation about, you know, maybe his high school football playing days. And my dad played football with a guy named Billy Simpson at Shrine High School in Royal Oak, Michigan. Billy Simpson was a good player, not a great player, but kind of developed, went to Michigan State. He was a safety back in the day. And then he was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams turned into a very good pro. His name's Billy Simpson. You can look him up. So he ends up from Royal Oak, Michigan, 20 minutes outside of Detroit in Los Angeles. So what does he do? He raises a family. He has a son named Brett Simpson. Brett Simpson was born and raised in Newport Beach. What does Brett Simpson do? He becomes a surfer. What happens? He becomes one of the great United States surfers of all time. What happens? He becomes the Olympic surfing coach. Brett Simpson, a few years younger than me. My dad sticks around in Michigan because he wasn't a great safety that went to Michigan State, then drafted by the Los Angeles Rams, gets married, has a couple of kids. I'm born. I sit in the house for nine months out of the year and watch football, watch (laughs) basketball, watch hockey, watch baseball because it's cold outside. So what happens based on my environment, I end up being a sports talk radio host. If I'm like, isn't it ironic how it just works out wherever you just end up being, you're a product of your environment. Like Billy Simpson, who grew up with my father, ends up in Newport Beach. His son's one of the great surfers of all time, but it's just based on opportunity. Like there's no if you, uh, uh, newsflash if he if he lived in Michigan he's not catching waves on the Pacific so like I don't know I, I guess my lesson here would be for kids that are getting into this like 
careful where you go to college, careful where you choose to lose. We're not doing this for very long on the planet. Pick wisely because it will dictate what you end up doing with your life. No? I, I think it's an excellent point. You look at, like, Kelly Slater's arguably the greatest surfer of all time. Grew up in Cocoa Beach, Florida. You know, Seth Jones, who plays in the National Hockey League. His dad played in the NBA, Popeye Jones. He was with the Denver Nuggets. And he got into hockey because the Avalanche were good. And Joe Saka gave him some great advice. He goes, before you put him into hockey, teach him to skate first, become a great skater. And a guy like him, if he grows up in somewhere like, I don't know, some other place where hockey's not as prevalent or a team doesn't do as well, sure. maybe you don't wind up in the National Hockey League. So I think it's an excellent example. And you mentioned about it like at our network, Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard from the Midwest. Uh, we have uh, Mike Palm. Brent, who works Brian Musburger. All these guys, all the these guys are from the Midwest. Yeah. And myself no. included, you mentioned it, Patrick. I mean, I know for myself growing up with all our friends, like it shocks me when I meet people that are particularly males that are not into sports. I'm like, that's all we did. You played basketball until it got dark. You played football on the street until somebody ran into a mailbox or a car. And then that's when you stopped playing. And it then you watched extension. sports. Yeah. It was just an extension of who you were. Yep. And a lot of it has to do with being sedentary, cold outside. Yep. You, it's not that you just knew one sport. You go down south, it's college football. And frankly, college baseball. They don't know anything else. We knew the Red Wings. We knew college football, obviously, Michigan, Michigan State. We knew football. That's a given the NFL. We knew basketball because that's during the cold months of the year as well. And of course, baseball is America's pastime in the Detroit Tigers. Like you just knew everything. But again, big guy, product of the environment. And that kind of leads you where you end up being. Like if I grew up in California, maybe I'm Brett Simpson surfing, catching waves. Kawabunga. Yeah, so I think I proved this point as well. Not a Midwest guy, Northeast New York. Where we have winter, but it's not quite like you guys have, but right. it's still a short, warm period to be outside. Move to this, and I, I always loved the Miami Hurricanes because my dad went there, but in terms of being a college football fan, like I followed it, but I didn't care about like the lower level teams. I cared about what Sports Center put on a highlight package. So I moved to the South in 03 and realized college football is way bigger than I ever thought. And I felt in love with just watching every possible game and all these random teams. And it felt like I was scouting for the NFL, but had I stayed in New York, that never happens. I am probably just talking about the Mets, the Yankees, the jets and the giants and everything else kind of fits in when they're doing well. Like the, the Rangers, when they're good, they pop the Islanders every now and then will pop, but really you could do Mets and Yankees in New York all year and mix in the football kind of where, where it needs to be mixed in. To your point on the South, the one thing that I loved, I lived in Miami, but I've traveled all over the Southeast and Alabama, Mississippi, and these places. You turn on it, it could be in the middle of March, and a team could be potentially going to the NCAA tournament. Tournament, You could still talk college football at that time of the year. Oh, no, no, no. You, you, in Atlanta, the joke I used to make when I worked in Atlanta was the number one team in that town is an hour drive away in Athens. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. And you look at it, the Falcons and the Saints are the two. Now you got Charlotte there as well, Jacksonville Jaguars. But all these teams that we're talking about in the NFL, majority of them have not been good outside of single years. The Saints have had a good run with Sean Payton in the past, but they finally got to the Super Bowl. Tampa struggled for so many years before they got there. And it's the same thing with the Falcons. Before you got, they got to a Super Bowl and had consistency with Matt Ryan. Everybody's waiting for Georgia to step up. LSU's won three. You know, people forget LSU's won three national titles in two decades. Three different coaches. Yeah. I think it's, I think just the grander story here in the bigger picture, it's just important to take risks, get out there, see the rest of the United States and enjoy yourself and see what you like. Because it's fascinating to me when I go home, the amount of friends I have that met their soulmates and their subdivision because they never <laughs> left Michigan. Like, how is that possible? No, no, She's my soulmate. No, she wasn't. She was your neighbor. You just never left. I, I read most of the Aziz and sorry book about dating. Uh -oh. And he, you know, he talked to all like these old people from like, you know, like born in like the 30s. And they're like, why did you marry who you married? And the most common answer was he lived around the corner from me and he seemed like a nice guy. <laughs> quick, quick, yeah, random, <laughs> quick random question before we get to whiskey. What city in the United States has its residents that grew up there, live there as adults more than any other city? It's Do you know the answer? Southern California. No. Really? It's, it's somewhere in the Midwest for sure. Well, go a little bit. If you're going to consider Midwest, I would go Eastern Midwest. Okay, give it to me. And it's not even actually Midwest, uh, Pittsburgh, but it just feels like a Midwest city. So provincial. Yeah, that I would makes just, sense. I would just assume people who've never had to deal with snow 
would never like live permanently somewhere where there's snow. So I would assume people from California. But you don't know would any differently. Leave. It's called conditioning. You yeah. don't know any differently. So you just stick around. Anywho. All right, good stuff. I appreciate you guys getting involved in that. Wisconsin, eight and a half. Let's get into this. And you can check out Wisconsin, a great write-up in the College Football Betting Guide. A new era, as I mentioned, underway in Madison. Luke Fickle at the helm. I told you the number. I'll give you the conference odds, but go ahead and run with Wisconsin here. Well, look, let's start with Braylon Allen. I think he's the best running back in college football. I think Blake Corum is second, but I think Braylon Allen is absolutely the best running back in college football. Then you bring in Tanner Mordecai, the transfer. The name sounds familiar. Remember, he started at Oklahoma, went to SMU. He's had good success. He's not necessarily an NFL type of quarterback, but he's been very effective. And for a program that has probably produced as many good to great offensive linemen, Joe Thomas going to the Hall of Fame this weekend, a Wisconsin guy, and you think about the guys that they've produced on the O-line and the tailback position, They've had a quarterback for one year when Russell Wilson took him to the Rose Bowl. Now you've got a guy in Tanner Mordecai that's really going to have some opportunities. They've got a couple of transfers in. Uh, Will Pauling and C.J. Williams, these guys should be effective on the perimeter. They don't have to be great in terms of throwing the football, Patrick. They just have to be effective. If they can do that with Luke Fickle running the defensive side of the ball, I think this team's got a legitimate shot to not only represent the Big Ten West, but to win the Big Ten, and here's why. They only have to win one key game. It doesn't matter if they lose to Ohio State at Camp Randall uh, in the middle of the season. If they get to Indianapolis and they figure out a way to upset, whether it's Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State, they're going to win the Big Ten. That's why I don't think this team is as bad of a long shot to win the league as people might think, and you see them at plus 750. The Big Ten West still has some deficiency, excuse me, deficiencies when you get off of the top tier, which is Wisconsin, and everybody behind them. Iowa can be competitive. Let's see if Cade McNamara improves that offense. If the Hawkeyes can't beat Wisconsin, I think this is Wisconsin's team not only to get to the Big Ten tournament, I mean, Big Ten championship game, but a shot to win it. At plus 750 is not a bad look. I like them over eight and a half wins here to get the nine, maybe 10 wins. They're a good, good football team who's only going to get better because they know what their identity is, run the football, throw the ball when we need to to make plays, and then rely on the defense. This team will be in Indianapolis. Great breakdown. What I like is two words, big guy, air raid, Phil Longo, North Carolina. I like in 2023 when we're going to open it up and the Badgers catch Iowa and Ohio state at home and miss Michigan and Penn state and crossover play this year. It sets up well, as I'm all said, seven and a half to one is a good number. There's a misconception when you go to the spread offense in the air raid that you can't run the football, but you absolutely can. You bring in a quarterback who's thrown for 7,000 yards and 70 touchdowns over the last two years. That will open up lanes for Braylon Allen, 60 to one for the Heisman. I think he is absolutely worth of that worth that as a long shot bet he doesn't have any injuries though (laughs) yeah why would you bet it (laughs) that would be counterintuitive we'll mix it up just a little bit the Angels season ended last night in Major League Baseball AI might be the most important new computer technology ever it's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested so buckle up the problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least. 
as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Soon you'll be looking live at the 2023 college football season, and VEASAN is here to help our college football betting guide features best bets from writers and on-air personalities, along with team previews for all 133 FBS teams. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews, now is the time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. The college football betting guide is out now, and our subscriptions include an all-access pass to VEASAN best bets, betting tools, and daily articles. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash Subscribe. So you could Amal and I were discussing during the break. Dustin was a little out of the conversation and he was rubbing his head with a <sighs> confused look on his face. So I don't know what's happening with you. Are you okay? Was you I good? Rub- was I? I? Yeah, you were just doing this thing. You were like, you had that goofy look on your face and you were just like, oh, and me no, and Amal I, were having so, a very special conversation. No, low key. Like I have this spot in my back and I, every low time I do chest key. day, it hurts at my, my back after. Well, that was a bit of a flex that you're going to the gym. That was not, yeah. you, you were complaining about your back, but also yeah. letting ladies know yeah, that somebody's <laughs> getting hot for cut them up season in the summer. <laughs> so um, you, you and I were discussing with efficiency, how baseball players turned like a six, four, three double play. Yeah. And we're going to get to Shohei Otani. And I thought it was one of his great performances last night in a, in a game that ended the halo season. We'll get to that in a second. And then you asked me a question about football in particular. And re- with the rapidity, how much would you practice one play during a practice? And that reminded me, and I'm going to get, I'm going to botch some of the details, but that reminded me of a story about Vince Lombardi who had a symposium for coaches and it was a weekend long symposium. And I'm talking like, I don't know, four or five, eight hours of lessons a day throughout the whole entire weekend. And everybody shows up and all these luminaries show up to go to Vince Lombardi's symposium. They get there and you know, the clip that you see of Lombardi all the time, you get a seal here and you get a seal here. And he's just talking about one run play, right? Well, the coaches that show up to get this symposium, Vince Lombardi, they think they're learning the story on a macro level of football. He gave a weekend lecture hours upon hours about one play, one play. How meticulous was the greatest football coach of all time? Uh, how anal was the most co- He literally spent a weekend coaching other coaches about one run play. It's a, it, so to your question, how much time would I spend? As much as Vince Lombardi is my answer. No, my, my question is actually like when you look at the number of plays, let, let's say you have a particular play you run, how many times in practice they actually run it? Because I remember I had a player say to me one time, I said, how do these guys all remember it? He goes, you know what? People remember things that they like. And it's because, you know, you think about it in football, a playbook, they've got a ton of different plays and the ability to be on the same page consistently. It's really impressive. I, no other sport do you have to be that way, right? Football, I mean, in baseball, you throw five, four or five different signs, you know, catch, uh, catcher throws to the pitcher. Basketball, you run a couple of plays. Half of basketball is open, open floor. Hockey, similar situation. Soccer, similar situation. Yeah, no, 100%. It, it, it is it, the, the one thing, Dustin, that stands out to me when we went to Cactus League in spring training was just how hard these dudes grind. It's nonstop in the heat of the desert. Um, I know we talk about constantly. We get in other people's pockets and want to talk about how much athletes make. It's not like they're not grinding. Okay. Well, no, you know, who really, little... you know who really grinded? Because we went to a lot of really nice camps on our trip. I mean, the Rockies had probably the best one. The Dodgers had a great facility. And then the people who had to grind were members of the Los Angeles Angels, who had arguably the worst practice spring training facility we saw during our trip. Yeah, yeah that's facts. No printer. 
Um, let's go baseball. So I just, just to mix it up a little bit here, I, I mentioned the angels. Is that three straight losses? Big guy for them. They lost in the ninth. Marlowe hit a grand slam, a five, three loss. Um, Shohei, what, what happened last night is fascinating. So here's Shohei Otani. He pitched four scoreless innings and struck out four batters. Now he had to be pulled because he's going through these injuries right now, right? He's got cramping in his pitching hand. So he had to be pulled as a starting pitcher. However, as a DH, he singled and walked twice, stole a base, scored a game tying run from second on the single, hit a home run to put his team up by two runs as Los Angeles Angels lost to the Seattle Mariners five to three. When you talk about value, which is a term that's used on VEASAN incessantly, I don't know how to apply the value of what Shohei Otani means to the angels. I just told you he was yanked because of an injury as the starting pitcher proceeded to go on as the DH and do everything to help the team win outside of a Marlowe grand slam in the ninth. I mean, there's nothing more the dude could do. Yeah. Just kind of breaking down the game a little bit here last night. Shohei gets on, gets intentionally walked with two outs in that game last night, Patrick in a uh, one, nothing. was it? A, I think it was one, nothing at that point in time with the, uh, uh, Mariners leading in the bottom of the sixth inning. Scott Service chooses to walk him. He steals second base. Uh, we get a base hit by C.J. Crone, and then Mustakas doubles. They take a 2-1 lead. In the eighth inning, he hits a solo homer his 40th of the season to make it 3-1. And then, unfortunately, Carlos Estevez, his first, better known as Charlie Sheen, uh, blows his first save of the season. And the reality of it is he just does everything for this team. It is unbelievable the value he has. I'm telling you, man, he's not, we all know he's going to break the bank. But that's why I think the New York Mets are going to wind up with him next year. Dustin, they were one of the graspers. And what I mean by graspers at the trade deadline. Now, one team that was a grasper was the Cubs and the Cubs beat the Reds five to three. They've won, I think, 13 of 16, maybe eight straight, something like that. They continue to roll. That was a team that was going to be a seller, decided to hold. So they were a grasper. Uh, Another one was the Padres, but. I'm just making sure I've got this right with the angels boys. Is that three straight losses? So that puts them in a spot now in the standings where again, in the wild card, they've got so much to make up here. You take a look at the AL and now they're, Oh goodness. What are they back in the AL here? They're five Uh, back. I think in terms of, Oh, they are five five back. Yeah. So, that's them. And it's just a terrible loss with Shohei doing as much as he can possibly do. I've got a ton of notes for baseball. The Mets, I don't know if you guys saw it, were swept by the Royals. So uh, they've waved the white flag. Big guy, I'm sorry. I just had to report it. Yeah. No, no. I've t- So one note on the Angels. I mean, I, I kind of, I think I'm going to end up betting the Mariners minus $1.15 taking on Reed Detmers because I feel like last night was a sign. We're not getting over, over the hump. We're not that team. Our owner's perhaps the most short-sighted businessman I've ever seen in my life. Like they're going to write textbooks about his failures here, where he's going to sell the team with Otani on the roster. He then decides at the last minute, he's not going to sell the team puts across a roster for this season. That's mid at best, but they have Otani. So that gives them a fighting chance. Then at the deadline, Instead of really going all in, he goes like lukewarm all in, all in, and he adds Giolito and he adds Escobar, Mustakis, and all these like okay pieces. CJ Crone is like the greatest example. That guy is a solid ball player. You didn't need solid players, you needed superstars. So now they're gonna not make the playoffs after they did that. The future is now risk because you traded some prospects for those average baseball players. Like, I'm not saying they're bad, but they're okay. And now he's gonna probably end up selling the team without Otani without those prospects and the value of the team is going to go down. It's just one of the worst executions by an owner you'll ever see in sports. Can't, can't, well really, can't really disagree. And I'll tell you what, guys, the Angels, they're in serious trouble, but the Mariners are coming. The, the, pay attention to this team. I'm telling you, with their starting pitching, last night, Wu was outstanding. I, I thought Service kind of derailed him in the sixth inning when he had him intentionally walk Shohei. Look, if he hits a homer, it's only tied at one apiece. I, I would have rather him done that than make the mistake of giving Otani the opportunity to steal second base. Crone gets a single, and then the game is tied at 1-1. But um, the big series this weekend, not necessarily in terms of division standing, but in terms of the National League wild card and also for the Giants, is the Dodgers down in San Diego for four games. And this is a crucial series. The Padres are starting to play well. 
But I'm going to tell you what, nobody's talking about the team in the Bay Area. The Giants just continue to plug away, play good baseball, win a game, I think yesterday, one nothing on two hits. Lamont Wade hits yeah. a solo homer. This team is only two and a half back, and four in the loss column of the Dodgers, but quietly, they're right there. I don't even know how the hell they do it, man. You go to a Giants game, you need a program just to figure out who the hell's in the lineup. I mean, these are not guys you're going, who, it's like the old line from Major League. Who the hell are these guys? Hundred percent. We're gonna come back. The big guy picked out his three favorite series going into the weekend from DraftKings. We'll give you the series prices. Just one thing, I just want to clarify. Towards the end of July, the Cubs had won eight straight. They took three of four from the Reds, and then today they got blanked eight nothing. Dustin, you were going off about the Braves. Braves beat up on the Cubs eight nothing today. Uh, yeah, it was like a seven run fourth inning for Atlanta. But God, the Cubs are gonna look back at their failures to replenish the farm system. They didn't trade Bellinger. They didn't trade Stroman. Look, I get making the playoffs matters, but you have to look at your team and go, are we winning a World Series? And if you're not a World Series contender, sell the pieces. I think they really messed up. And Because, by the way, those guys are on expiring deals. They're walking away this season. They're not going to... They're not going to re-sign either of them. They have nothing to show for their time on the roster, and they're not going to make the playoffs. That is a bad combination of results for Chicago. I have a question when we come back for Dustin about winning the World Series and which team you would select. Oh, I thought you thought he was going to win the World Series. He's done a lot with his life. I have a better chance than the Cubs. <laughs> well, well played, my friend. Remember, you can bet series prices, Major League Baseball over at DraftKings. We'll go through the big ones this weekend and got plenty more. We'll get back to the guide as well. Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, just breaking it up a little bit here with some baseball talk on this August 4th as we welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Let's go through some MLB awards, updated numbers here, big guy, because uh, some of it's elementary at this point. Like if you look at the NL MVP, Acuna Jr., best team in baseball, uh, best player in his league, there's no surprise there. Big time favorite. If he, So I'll just ask you this way. Who would be your runner-up? I'll throw it at both of you for NL MVP. Oh, that's easy. Freddie Freeman in the National League and uh, Dante Bichette in the – or Bo Bichette, excuse me, in the American League. Acuna is probably my biggest botch job of all my futures that I have, and there are a lot of them, and they're not going well. Uh, calling a mall to tell him what minus one thirty-five is a shoe in, not betting it. It moves to two sixty to three seventy to five hundred, and now it's minus a thousand. And I never placed a single bet on it. Um, that's a tough one. Up until up until the, uh, the the last month, Corbin Carroll would have been my my second runner-up for the MVP. I made a case while you were gone, and I understand it's a crazy case that Christian Yelich is actually the NL MVP, simply because if Acuna was off the Braves, the Braves still can win a World Series. If Christian Yelich is off the Brewers, they're probably in last place. Wait, two quick questions for you guys. Who has the most home runs in baseball since the 2018 season? Was that Otani's first season? Uh, be yes. It's gonna be, I don't know the it's answer. It's got to be Acuna, right? Uh, no. Oh, he missed the whole year. Yeah. Uh, number two is uh, your boy in New York, the polar bear. Yep. Pete Alonso. Number one, there. Matt Olson. Olson. Well, I was just going to bring him up because he's he would be in the mix. He's 60 to one AL MVP. But Amal, your point about Freddie Freeman, the season he's putting together, have you seen his slash line? Oh. It's special. 341, 418, 598. He also leads the NL and doubles OPS, OPS plus and total bases. Like without Acuna, it's interesting what Acuna Jr. and Shohei have done because Freddie Freeman's like, dude, I couldn't, this is as well as I can play. Olsen has been awesome. Obviously, Betts has been great as well. Shohei, you see minus 1,000 on Acuna Jr., so he's got the NL wrapped up as far as the MVP. Shohei, I mean, we don't really need to run through the stats. It's ridiculous. I will say this. If there's maybe a bit of a sleeper, you guys may disagree. If there's a runner-up for MVP, I think you could legitimately put Garrett Cole in the conversation. Like, I'm not yep. a Cole guy, but he's keeping the Yankees in the mix once every five days when nobody else is doing anything. I, there's... I mean, I've never given Garrett Cole the credit he deserves and what he's done this year. I would agree with you completely. He has done a tremendous job of keeping his team in contention in spots where it, it just he it's needs a the dumpster fire. 
It really is. Like, they yeah. need it every fifth day. Yeah, yes. They need him I to, agree like, with re- them all, though. rework it. Dustin, I agree with them all. You know, I've always thought Cole was overrated. This year, he firmly entrenched himself as properly rated. Like, the way Top he's five, pitching yeah. for a team that is absolutely spiraling, you got to give him credit. I always thought he's a little mentally weak, and this proves he's not. That yeah, would be my point. When you look at his career, the, the guy has such dominant seasons, but, like, is he the big game guy you want him to be? And I think to your point here, him coming through when they have not been a good baseball team is him every fifth day in a big game trying to end some sort of skid. But then couldn't we make that argument against Verlander and Kershaw in their careers? See, like what separates, what always separated Pedro for me was his ability in the postseason. Like when he took that ball, you're like, damn, you got to go against Pedro. You're in trouble. But that that's the one thing I, I get it. Let's see what he does at the Yankees finagle away. And I don't think they'll get in, but if they find a way to get into the wild card, by the way, I want to go back to the MVP for one second. I know Freddie Freeman's 750, but guys, Freeman's ahead of Acuna in batting ahead of him in hits. Uh, he's, yeah, th- it's not crazy. It's no. not crazy. I know where you're, I know where you're, where you're going with this. Go he, ahead. He's three runs behind him. The, the big separation is obviously stolen bases, but I thought Dustin's point is extremely well made. We talk about Acuna and the job he's done, but I'm going to tell you every time I look up at that Braves game and it's a three run bomb, it's Matt Olson or it's Austin Riley with a two run shot. I'm not taking anything away from Acuna's success, but man, you take Freddie Freeman off the Dodgers and we're looking up right now at the San Francisco giants in first place. You take Acuna off of the Braves. Olsen and Albies are still MVP candidates this year. Matt Olsen <laughs> should be in the conversation. So, and here, here's the thing about the, the reason why Acuna, what a trade. the reason Acuna is such a heavy favorite and why he's going to win the award is history, right? Like we've never had a 30, 60 guy and he's going to very easily hey. get there. Potentially 40, 60. There was never a 50, 50 guy. And they gave the MVP to Mo Vaughn in 1995. Let's go to one that is freaking wide open. And Cy young. It's a one-man race. That's Blake Snell, baby. Dustin and I have been on that thing since the end of June, and we're not having a conversation on this. That is all Blake Snell. 35 to 1 cashing. I don't Where's so, Justin Steele? Where is he on the list? Where 10 is to he? One. 10, 10 to 1. I, maybe there's ERA. a flyer there. It's a good price. ERA's good. Uh, my guy Corbin Burns, so I got it 40 to 1 during the dip. Maybe he's not completely out of it here. Uh, but um, I won't text them all until after Snell start tomorrow. I text him after how we did. I won't bring it up until then because, it, look, I need that ticket. Based on the amount of futures I have, I have 40 to 1, 25 to 1, and 23 to 1 on Snell. He has been hot. But good God, every time this guy's on the mound, he is playing with fire, Patrick. Like, there are runners on base. He's pitching out of jams. He's walking people. It's so bad. Didn't he? If you look at his log, I think he started terribly and just absolutely settled in. And he's been, you're, you're both right, Snell. You see the, right now, Strider, the updated numbers, 225. Snell's three. Uh, Zach Allen also 330. Uh, Logan Webb, eight and a half. And there's Justin Steele, who I mentioned at 10 to one Corbin Burns started terribly. Dustin, he's 12 to one. He's in the mix. Yeah. The key, Um, the key for our ticket is Strider because Strider strikeout numbers are going to be so crazy guys. We need the ERA to stay up. His ERA currently is at what? Three, five, three, five, one, three, six, one, no three, six, one. So I did a little bit of research. So there've been eight Cy Young award winners since 1993 that have had an ERA over three. But in a lot of those cases, guys, the other options all had ERAs over three because it was during the steroid era. If there's options sub three, I don't care if Spencer Strider has, his name should be Spencer Strikeout. Spencer Strider has 300 strikeouts. He can't win the award with a 3-3 ERA if Blake Snell's got like a 2-6 ERA. He's, he's got Wait, a re- doesn't Amal, Amal doesn't, you don't like Strider. I think he's good. I don't think he's elite. He's he's got look. He's got 208 strikeouts in 129 innings, which is unbelievable. It's ridiculous. But he also plays on a team that hits the ball extremely well. You know, he's a guy to me. I'm not worried about if I'm facing him in the postseason. He's got that Scherzer thing, where all of a sudden he can give up two or three homers in, in, in a spurt. Well, I, I do, dude. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, big guy, because I wrote down Scherzer as a Scherzer. Jocker and I loved him. He did what he did last night. Now he got the win for the Rangers, but he he always did this. And by the way, look throughout his career. Verlander's the same. They first get inning. rocked in the first. Yep. 
they get rocked in the first, and then they completely settle down because they do have a bulldog mentality. But Scherzer gave up three in the first last night, completely settled down, struck out nine, and got a win. But that t- to your point. Now, let me ask you both this. If, and I'm sure you went through this in July, so sorry if I'm repeating some of this. But Garrett Cole is going to be your favorite as far as the AL Cy Young. Who would you guys go if it wasn't Cole? I, I really don't know. I defer to Dustin on that one, but I think Cole has to be the guy. The Yankees would be 15 to 17 games back without Garrett Cole. I'm sorry. I forgot about Framber. Framber had the no hitter. He's been out sitting. And but he I'm, had a little rough patch, but he it, did. It, it didn't kill him. We had nine earned runs or something against. I can't remember. I'll look it up. But he wasn't. But Framber didn't have a hiccup at all last year. That's the only negative I have with him this year. He has had a bit of a hiccup at times where last year he was just smooth sailing. Yeah. So yeah, I forgot July. about Framber. I was gonna I was gonna say your third betting favorite. I was gonna say Gosman. So July he had a seven two nine ERA Framber, which was not good. I really like Gosman. I'm sitting on a thirty seven to one ticket for him to lead the majors in strikeouts. It's not gonna happen because of Strider. I think Gosman has really flown under the radar the I, type of season he's had. I agree completely. I don't even understand why Kevin Gosman's not talked about. He's been out outstanding in terms of what he's been able to do for this team. But we talk about Kevin Gosman like he's the number four starter on the uh, on the Pittsburgh Pirates. How about this, guys? And I'm not going to take credit and act like it was my idea. I hung out with Mitch Moss, follow the money, uh, morning show here on VEASAN. Felix Batista for the Orioles. He is having an insane year. We haven't had a closer win the award in a minute. He's got a .87 ERA. He's got 101 strikeouts and 51 and two-thirds. He's 40 to one over at DraftKings right now. I think McClanahan getting hurt. He's pretty much out of this now. All the other guys are kind of similar. The waters are muddy. I think there's a chance Batista at 41 could play a role in this award. Good one. Who is the last reliever? When I was growing up, there was a big deal that Willie Hernandez, a guy that you guys may not even, of course, many won't even know that. Yeah. Willie Hernandez won, I think it was 84 for the Tigers. He was a reliever. When was the last time? Was it accuracy? Like, who's the last reliever to win? Gagne won. Gagne won. Oh, that's right. Gagne. Gagne, you want to talk about juicing. My gosh. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think he is. He is the last one. Eckersley before Mark Davis, Steve Bedrosian, Willie Hernandez, Raleigh fingers, my hero, Bruce Sutter, Sparky Lyle and Mike Marshall. <laughs> but don't you have, don't you have, um, the kid in Arizona for rookie of the year. Don't you have a ticket on that? Corbin? No, I don't. I bet MVP. By the way, though, the only thing that hurts uh, Bautista's five blown saves. Fair. He is right now 40 to one tied with Evaldi injuries. McClanahan who fell off after a great start. Otani's 20 to one. I think he's good. We return top 10. We'll close it out. Sharp money. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands. Ladies and gentlemen, we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? 
it was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Power ratings, picks, previews, predictions, pro, as in become a VSIN Pro subscriber, get all access to our. Betting tools, betting splits, and the 2023 College Football Betting Guide. Both the College Football Betting Guide and our NFL Betting Guide, which is awesome as well, will have you ready to turn a profit on the gridiron this year. The only way to get the guides and everything we offer is to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. And you can do that today at vsin.com slash subscribe. What, could you repeat what you said during the break? I'm all shot, Dawson Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money, a formal uh, I guess invite or application yeah. now for a couple of teams from the Pac-12. Go ahead. Yeah, Utah and Arizona State have formally applied for membership to the Big 12. And really doesn't come as much of a surprise because Arizona State was not going to qualify academically to go to the Big 10. And I don't know if the SEC wanted to get Arizona State. It wasn't going to do much for their market. So doesn't come as really that much of a surprise with Arizona potentially in a landing spot to go to the Big 12 as well. I feel like the weekend for the big guy, you see him right there on your screen on the left with the colorful shirt, is going to be him playing some Sarah McLaughlin music, just like slowly crying into his beer like this week, you know, with the dogs. It, look, I even said it during the break. I'm just at a different place in life. But this does what I thought was cool about conferences. And we'll just stick with football here. It's almost like where you lived also dictated the style of play. So, yep. you know, out, out West where it was flashy, good weather, the offenses were high flying, the defense never caught up in the Midwest. You ran the football down each, everybody's throat. It's cold. It's a tough, known as a tough league. You know, I, I thought the provincial feel of the conferences and the alignment with the country, there is something to that. I think that will be missed boys. Can we just do it? like one final time and be done with it. Like, I don't want to keep doing this. Like if, whether it's going to be three big leagues and a bunch of others or four big leagues and a bunch, just figure it out now and sign like 20 year deals. I don't want to be doing this every five to seven years. It's obnoxious at this point. I just think it's what it is. Like you have to get used to it. There could be changes coming in the future again, but I think we're going to wind up with three super leagues, big 10, big 12 and sec. I think the big 12 is going to get hurt that they don't have a lot of major players from a geographic standpoint for television rights. That'll hurt them a little bit down the line, but the big 10, I'm telling you what's going to be interesting over the next 48 to 96 hours is what happens with the ACC if Florida state and Clemson potentially go. Cause that's why I believe teams like Pittsburgh, um, Virginia, North Carolina, and Miami, who all qualify academically. And actually, if you look on a map, Virginia and Carolina are not that far from Ohio. You could considerably bring the, those are like with an eight hour drive. So I, I think you could see the Ohio, uh, the big 10 in a huge footprint throughout the country. So Syracuse to the big 10. <laughs> Gosh, at least, at least they play in an aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing uh, building. Uh, big guy, just a little trivia. Hmm. Who founded Virginia University? I'm going to guess George Washington. Thomas Jefferson. That, that's the answer. Thomas Jefferson. It was a white was guy a, with white hair. I was close. It was it, it was his it was it was his most proud accomplishment in his career, which was a very storied career. Also, a walking contradiction. Look it up, kids. My gosh, TJ, <laughs> pick a side, bro. Also, I, I, for <laughs> the freedom of a, like seriously, are we created equal? You might. Why do you have twelve hundred slaves? What? I almost guessed James Madison, and then I realized quickly you probably invented <laughs> James Madison University. <laughs> well, they certainly used his likeness. Don't talk about likeness. We're talking college football. Um, now to close out the show, I had in my notes. Now we've got the top 10 and you got your top five smells, but I also had in my notes. What did Dustin learn about life and betting in the month of July? Could we fit it all in? Yeah. Um, number one, I'm, I'm not fit to be a father. I learned. Okay. Um, Why? 
So when I visited my best friend in D.C., uh, we ended Oof. up watching both of his children for four or five straight days, then visited my family and ended up watching my niece and nephew for like four or five straight days. And at the end of it, I, I was very exhausted, and I realized, you know what, it's probably good that women won't sleep with me because that way I can't procreate and have to be responsible for a child. Well, here's, here's how I knew, Amal Shaw, that Dustin Sweetelson had a bad vacation. I asked him, I called him during my trip, and I said, how you doing, big guy? How was your vacation? And he said, I think I miss Amal. So you know it was a bad vacation when he wanted to get back to you and just grind through sharp money in July. What else did you learn? Um, anyone can go through a midlife crisis, even if you're rich, not talking about myself. Cause I'm not rich. And I guess I might actually, based on the, my lifestyle, I might be at my midlife, probably beyond the halfway point of my life. Oh, That's another conversation, <laughs> but, uh, Twitter died while you were gone, Patrick. I don't I know that. if you know this. It's now called X and other people tried to create a Twitter. We all signed up for them fever feverishly. Uh, none of them Oof. did anything with it. Uh, even Instagram came up with one called Threads. Threads had a black and white logo. So in response to that, Elon Musk, during his midlife crisis, decided to change the name of Twitter to X and made the logo look exactly like Threads. And Twitter is still doing the same thing Twitter always did. It's just now called X, and now you're Xing instead of tweeting but it's quite a meltdown that we've witnessed in front of us. You're well, not on Twitter, nothing, so you don't get as, it. As, no, but as much as things, I, I do have an account that I used to keep up on the news as an aggregation. And the more things change, I went away and I didn't look at Twitter for a month. I came back and they still deliver kids fight videos to me daily. <laughs> kids literally pummeling each other in school fights and grocery stores. I don't know why Elon thinks that I want cage fights with kids, but I get them every single day. Good job, Twitter. Good job, X. Um, okay, let's do, and if you have a couple of more July takeaways, you can, but I love the list. It's Dustin's top 10 smells. Now, number 10 was his own body odor. Number nine, I started to agree here. Markers. Number eight was bagels. Yum. Number seven was coffee. Totally agree. And number six was the new car smell. Now, Amal Shaw said that's too low on the list. So these got to be good five through one to get past the new car. What's number five? I mean, number five is absolute perfection. When you smell it, it, I mean, or is it's not higher is because I can't, if I smell this too often, I will be 400 pounds. And that is fresh baked cookies. It's just, if you told me I could buy a, a like a Yankee candle that smells like fresh baked cookies, you I can. would. It, Stop. You, you, you can. They literally have cookie candles. <laughs> I, I'll say this, Amal, I'll kick it to you. I'm not a sweets guy. So what precedes the cookies, new car, coffee, bagels, markers, I prefer those smells because I just sweets don't do it for me. So, But I understand the, I guess, comfort you get from smelling cookies freshly baked. So for my personal choice, I'll go with car being number one. But the reason why cookies should be higher on this list is when you go to an open house in real estate, they always have cookies baking in the oven, theoretically. That's what you're supposed to do at an Good open one. house because that way it brings in that smell that people enjoy. I, I thought this should have been higher on the list. I like this one. Oh, wow. Number four Number four is my number one. I'll just tell you right now where I grew up, I, I just got a smile on my face thinking about number four. This is my favorite smell. Dustin, what is it? I haven't lived somewhere where I could experience this in a very long time, but there is nothing like yes. about mid-October to mid-November – and the the crisp autumn air hits your nostrils mm. and like the temperature is that plays a role in the smell somehow i don't know how like the fact that it's cold it does something different you i, I don't know about you guys i see this weird thing i remember in high school i drive with the windows down but the heat lightly on so i could experience that autumn air perfectly and it just that smell to me means it's football. It also means it was a new school year growing up, so a new way for me to dress differently and reinvent my life, but then end up being the same person by the end of the year. <laughs> I just, I love crisp autumn air. I, I got to tell you, last four places I've lived, there's no, there's no autumn. <laughs> yeah. uh, South Florida, Los Angeles, Dallas, and here. This is the only thing I miss about the upper Midwest and the Northeast of the United States, there is nothing better than when you're driving and you see those leaves changing, you get out and that's, it's amazing. I agree with this one. I like this a lot. Intoxicating, a yep. shockingly great call by you, big guy at four, crisp autumn air. Number three, greatest smell. Uh, an admission people don't know about me. Uh, at number three, I like love doing laundry. 
Like, I love the smell of laundry. I have sanitizer, uh, air fresheners, Febreze, uh, fabric softener, everything to go in to make my clothes smell great. So I love fresh clothes out of the dryer and how they I smell. I get it. Thumbs up. I get it. I get it. Number two is baseball gloves. We can all understand exactly what he's saying there, but I'm rushing because we have to get to number one. What the hell are you talking about? Dustin's top 10 smells. Number one is people that kind of smell like pork. Yeah. And it's mostly, they smell like bacon, (laughs) but like you've ever like been around. So I don't know if it's pheromones or I don't know what it is, but like sometimes you like you're smelling a person and it's not BO, but it's just like their essence. And you're like, they don't have cologne on. They have nothing masking them. There's nothing artificial. But they kind of smell like a pork byproduct. I love that smell, I don't, especially on women. By the way, like if I get up and close, you kind of smell like pork. I might propose. Those so, listening just, on the radio, number one, it literally says people that kind of smell like pork. That that is people that smell kind of like pork. That is if Samich is paying attention with the recovery from the ACL, that is a troll job. People no, that not. smell like pork. You've never smelled you like girls that kind of you like girls that faintly smell like pig. <laughs> yeah, but dead pig that's been smoked a little bit. And then all I got right, a pig that can be smoke back, later. Boys. Great week, Amal. Great job, Dustin Sweetelson. Great job. Go cop the guide. Veasan.com slash subscribe. Tim and Sean are next. We'll see you on Monday here on Sharp Money. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.